0: It's time for the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. On this edition of the Kirby on Sports Podcast, we will be taking a deep dive in week 12 of the National Football League. Thanksgiving Day matchups, a wild ride in the NFC East, and you have a ton of close games in the Patriots, Cardinals, Vikings, Panthers, Giants, Bengals, the Chiefs, and Bucks, and so much more, plus line them up with Zach Ruff, and so much more, but before we begin... We would like to thank our brand new sponsor at Regroup Building Services, specializing in custom homes, remodels, additions, and so much more. If you're looking for a new place to call home or just need repairs on your current home, look no further. Regroup Building Services has you covered. Make sure you check them out today at www.regroupbuildingservices.com. Once again, that's regroupbuildingservices.com. We do the honey do's that your honey don't. Make sure you tell them Josh sent you. We are also sponsored by PM Plus, providing capital reserve studies for condominium and homeowners associations in Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. for the past 30 years. Now serving the I-81 corridor from Hagerstown, Maryland to Stanton, Virginia. All right, it's time for another edition of the Kirby on Sports Podcast. It comes your way right now.
1: This is Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards. You have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man, Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast.
0: All right. Welcome back to another edition of the Kirby on Sports Podcast. As always, we're sponsored by Regroup Building Services and PM Plus Reserves. Big thanks, as always, to MPT Now Productions, Dave Johnson, in Productions by Quet for all their support of the podcast as well. Once again, another jam-packed week in the NFL. I hope you all enjoyed your Thanksgiving. I sure did. It was a great day filled with football in Turkey, and we don't have one. We have two guest contributors to break down week number 12 in the NFL and so much more for you. Uh, Starting off with Dan Dembski. Dan, thanks for being here once again. How was your Thanksgiving, brother?
1: Thanks for having me, man. It was it was it was very nice, very low key. But uh, guys, to spend some time with uh, some really close family, um, just a few of us. But it was it was really nice. So it was uh wasn't too bad.
0: Great to hear it, man. Glad to have you on and guest contributor number two. You've heard him before. It's Carlos Martinez. Uh, Carlos, good to have you on, buddy. How you been?
2: What's up, man? I've been good. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, man. Always a pleasure. So um, let's get right into it, gentlemen. Um, Thanksgiving, um, as you know, there were uh, there were supposed to be three games, but due to COVID, um, that only got bumped back to two. As of right now, the Ravens and Steelers are slated to play on Tuesday at three o'clock. Uh, Dan, I know we'll get to hear your thoughts on this in just a second, but um, I mean, due to COVID, the Ravens, some of the big names uh, for the Ravens, Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson, tested positive. So a big outbreak. And it was a Ravens coach who did not wear a mask and did not wear a contact tracer. As of right now, he is, has been placed on leave or suspended and um I, I mean, wh- where to look from here, Dan, obviously I believe there should be some fines coming. This yeah. coach may it, may as well be fired for his actions, but this is unexcusable. I, I can't believe it took week 12 for something this big to happen. And the most scheduled flip-flop madness has started to happen because of this.
1: Yeah, and, and the big concern here is the fact that, uh, you know, this is the biggest outbreak by far that we've seen during the season. Um, 23 total players at one point. Um, I think there was something like 11 or 12 active players or players that contribute um, on both sides of the ball. So certainly that, you know, is a huge concern. And I totally agree. I think there are some big fines coming for the Ravens and I wouldn't be surprised if actually I'd be shocked if that coach has a job um, in a couple of weeks. To be quite honest with you, if you remember the Titans got fined 350,000 back in October when they, uh, you know, broke COVID protocol. So, you know, I, I think the Ravens, the Ravens fine could be, you know, 500,000, maybe more. Cause I mean, this is just, it's, if you remember the Titans had about eight or nine players, I think who tested positive. And, and couldn't play and they had to reschedule two of their games um, and of course you know this in this situation you have 20 some players and they they've been sh- they've been trying to move this game around and it's been a complete mess there as well so you know i I'm not really sure what the future holds for this i I do agree with you I think there is going to be some disciplinary action both from the national football league and I think the Ravens will impose some of that as well i think it's I think it's necessary. I mean, you look, they, they all agreed to these terms and in, in this protocol at the beginning of the season. And, you know, if, if it's broken, you have to face the consequences. So the Ravens certainly are one of the big, biggest, the biggest examples of what not to do. And um, it took, took a, a little longer than I think I expected, but um, it's, it's just a mess right now. And we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, and actually they announced today that Mark Ingram and JK Dobbins, uh, might be activated for the game. They t- apparently tested negative and you know followed all the proper protocol. Of course, Lamar Jackson will still be out and they'll still be missing several other key players. But I just wanted to update that because I think I saw that uh, either earlier on today or late last night. So, um, yeah, it's this this game is uh, it's going to be interesting to say the least. A former great Washington quarterback will be the starter. So. Oh. it's gonna be thanksgiving
2: legend that's right that's right
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh my it's it's gonna be interesting for sure we'll see see how it goes i'm not expecting a positive outcome on the Ravens side obviously uh
2: yeah uh just a quick update though uh yeah jk dobbins and mark ingram are both eligible to play against the steelers
1: yeah that's that's what i thought that's what i thought yeah it definitely helps but
0: it's still it's still gonna it's still an uphill climb for sure All right, so let's discuss some of these Thanksgiving games that did happen. Well,
2: really quick on the Ravens, though. I mean, the the punishment that could come down is probably going to be really big, like Dan said. Um, But, like, for the Saints, they took a draft pick also from them. Now, it wasn't, like, a high draft pick. It was, like, a seventh rounder, I think. But, like, I definitely expect the NFL to definitely come down hard on the Ravens for this because of how much, like, they've had – you know, how much chaos this has like set the league into, you know, games are now always being moved there. The NFL is trying so hard to not go into a week 18, you know, that way they can like put out, you know, when the season's over that, like, Hey, we did our season even, you know, in COVID and we never had to like extend it. But I mean, at some point you got to just be like, it's just like, we've moved this game three times. And at some yeah. point you just got to be like, it's, it's just not worth it. Like, let's just put it at the end of the season, you know? And that way we don't throw all this chaos in. Cause now like you got the Steelers. Now they're going to play on Monday night or on Monday at what was it? Five. five I don't o'clock. remember what time. Five o'clock. Yeah. Then you got like the Cowboys and Ravens. They're going to play Tuesday at, on Tuesday. at I don't even know what time, you know, it, it's just thrown everything into chaos and, it feels like this is always happening to, like, the Steelers because it happened with the Titans. They lost their bye because of that. And then, obviously, with this, it just feels like the Steelers are kind of cursed with, like, their opponents always getting COVID.
0: Yeah, but, um, I, I, I mean, a big thing about this, we've gotten through week 12. In the National yeah. Football League with one game left to play, that is the Ravens and the Steelers. But, I mean, uh, what an accomplishment for the NFL to get this far in a season. And I was thinking about this earlier in the week. I was like, man, it feels like we're not in a pandemic every Sunday. You get to sit down and watch football being played. It's like – It's like we're living in a sense of normalcy, but yet there is a pandemic going on, and the NFL is combating trying to find ways to play the game safely and securely. And they've gotten this far, and I I really cannot believe how far they have come with the amount of scheduling changes and stuff that has happened.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, for us to get this far is pretty incredible considering what you see, you know, has been going on in college football where, like, games are getting canceled left and right. And then we haven't really had any game cancellations in the NFL. So, I mean, props to the NFL.
1: Yeah, I agree. The NFL's done, for the most part, a really good job. And we we saw some situations earlier in the season, uh, some coaches like John Gruden who didn't want to wear the mask and things like that. And uh, we saw the NFL crack down on it. Sorry, my voice is a little hoarse. Um, and I, I think that's kind of set a precedent here, really, until, until this happened. And I think, I think the NFL is going to have to come down even harder, harder if they expect to get through, you know, uh, the rest of the regular season and a postseason as well. Um, <clears throat> I, I am surprised, like I said, it took as long as it did to have an outbreak. Um, you know, I, I didn't expect there to be, you know, 23 players on one team that tested positive. That's certainly... Uh, that's half the team issue yeah it's it's just crazy it's uh and it's something that you know again you know i i agree with carlos of course that that sixth or seventh round pick i think think it was a seventh that they took from the saints um you know the ravens could face you know who knows uh, who knows what kind of penalty but certainly the nfl is talking about that now um it's just insane that, that one coach who didn't follow proper protocol um And I think maybe the dumbest mistake the coach made was that he didn't report his symptoms. Mm -hmm. Um, He didn't, you know, his temperature, I guess, wasn't taken. I'm not really sure how it works in the NFL. It's different with every organization as far as screening goes. Um, I thought it's
2: like, isn't everybody in the organization supposed to get tested every day anyways?
1: Yes, exactly. That's what that, that, that was the thought. And maybe, maybe it's just players that are, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it's, if it's players and like primary coaches, like, you know, the most important staff or, or how it works. But, um, you know, after all these players started testing positive, I think that's when they found, you know, the, the coach, they started testing all the coaches and then they con- t- contact traced everybody to that one strength and conditioning coach. Um, so it's, it's, it's a huge mess and, yeah. um, we'll see how the NFL responds. It's certainly going to be a harsh penalty, I think for sure.
0: Absolutely. So let's move on to these Thanksgiving day games. Um, uh, really one of them um, was better than the other. I want to briefly touch on the Texans and the Titans. Um, <laughs> oh man. Okay. Okay. The, te- the Texans and the Titans briefly touch on the fact that the Lions just could not get anything done. They tried to mount to come back towards the end, but obviously the Texans were just firing on all cylinders. It was a much-needed win for the Texans once again, 4-7. and seven. But after this Lions loss, Matt, Patricia, and the Lions GM both relieved of their duties. And um, I, I think it was about time that the Lions needed to change Um for the organization i just don't think matt patricia was getting the job done or anything like that so <laughs> that's an understatement
2: very that's a very big <laughs> understatement
0: let, uh, let, let's open the floor now I, I, I assume you both like the move uh, was it too early too late What well, what are your thoughts oh
1: i i just think the general rule of thumb uh when you see a situation like this is that you know, some coaches are meant to be assistant coaches slash coordinators. Um, and it just goes to show that very few can be, not, not very few, but, you know, certainly it's much more difficult to be a successful head coach in the NFL. I think especially when you take over a team like the Lions that has had decades and decades and decades of just negative history. Um, you know, of course, they have the great 0-16 the season um back in two thousand nine. Of course that was well before he got there. But my point is he was kind of put in a difficult uh, spot when he took the job in two thousand eighteen. Um, I just think I just think he couldn't translate what he was able to do in New England with having a great coaching staff around him, of course led by the great Bill Belichick. Um just goes to show that that sometimes the teacher, you know, really grabs the whole coaching staff and sort of you know turns them into something great and i think that was kind of the case with Matt Patricia he spent a long time in new england too um but 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 certainly i just think he was in over his head and i think anybody could see that really from the beginning
2: yeah i mean i feel like this took a little t- i honestly i thought they should have done it at the end of last season they should have fired matt patricia but i mean yeah. You said it, like you said it best, Dan, like he was in over his head. I just don't think he really was ready for this. You know, he, he came into the job after um who was their coach prior. It was Jim Caldwell. Wasn't it?
1: Yeah. yeah but, Jim, Jim yeah. Caldwell. Jim Caldwell wasn't a bad coach there. No, nah, he had two honest. straight,
2: yeah. Two straight nine and seven seasons. They made two straight playoff appearances. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like, you know, and then you saw the reaction from like his former players and even from some of like the current players on that team, they just didn't respect the guy and he really lost the team and he kind of wasted, you know, how long has he been the coach? Three years,
0: two, three years,
2: two, three years. Yeah. He's wasted two, three years of Matt Stafford's career. And I don't know, man. I just, I just feel like they hired him hoping that he could bring the Patriot way To Detroit and that's what a lot of these teams are trying to replicate is you know the Patriots dynasty the difference is the Patriots had a Bill Belichick you can't just grab his assistant coaches and hope that they're going to end up the same like that's just not how this works
0: yeah yeah you know
1: and we saw this with Josh McDaniel same sort of thing Mm -hmm. um you know he's one of the more you know large examples of this so I think like you said, Carlos, and like I mentioned too, it's it just goes to show you how important Belichick is to, you know, being that sort of teacher and, and role model and leader to the team. It's just very impressive to say the least.
2: I mean, the only guy that looks like has ever really worked out being hired out of Bill Belichick's staff is uh Brian Flores down in Miami. And right now, Joe Judge is looking pretty, he's looking pretty good in uh, New York. I mean, New York is four and seven, but you know, that team is actually compete trying to compete, yeah. You no, know, but I mean Matt Patricia. I just, I don't know. I just, I just never really liked the hiring in the first place. I thought it, people keep trying to replicate the Patriots, and you can't replicate the Patriots without Bill Belichick and a Tom Brady.
0: Amen. Yeah. So, um, enough on the uh, Texans and Lions. That was a forty-one twenty-five route in Detroit, and uh, the Thanksgiving Day game that. I was very surprised. Uh, got about.
2: 30- Were you though? <laughs> Come on, Kirby. Were you really surprised by this?
1: Uh, yeah, he just, you, he just he, wants to say he's surprised. That's all. He wa- he wants to make you feel a little better.
2: Uh, don't make me feel better. I went on a whole rant on this game.
0: <laughs> well, this game like smashed ratings through the roof. Washington and Dallas—they got like thirty point three million viewers during this game and what a game it was i mean i mean straight up uh the first half it was tightly contested i was like this could be anybody's ball game you know as i always say the dumpster fire called the nfc east in the second half washington just ran away for it antonio gibson hands down the players player of the game in this game 20 carries 115 yards and three touchdowns and Terry McLaurin seven receptions for 92 yards, including a throw Dan from a uh, former Virginia tech Hokie, Logan Thomas Yeah, yeah, yeah ran, uh, ran that play. So line, I, I, that
2: was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. Was I, really I was cool. thinking of yeah, you, <laughs> that Dan. was pretty awesome. I was thinking of you, Dan, what that happened. So um, anyways, um, Alex Smith, two years ago to the day, Got put in surgery for his leg, and for him to come back and Oof. beat Dallas, that means a lot. That uh, uh, any way you put it, Alex Smith's story is incredible, and Washington beating Dallas, yeah, I, what what a way to top off Thanksgiving for this Washington team, giving <laughs> them confidence and i think they're going to celebrate the hell out of uh, the hell out of this win until they get routed by pittsburgh by 50 or 60 <laughs> points. so that just makes the win all the more better because we're like, hey, let's celebrate this win and get routed by pittsburgh by 50 or 60. but um carlos, uh you're a cowboys fan. um we all know you're a cowboys fan. so let's get your thoughts on this game.
2: listen. i have never been so mad with this team in one season. We went through things have were never this bad with Jason Garrett, and they are as bad as they've ever been with the Stooge Mike McCarthy. I cannot express how frustrated I am with this organization and why. I have really debated whether I want to stay a Cowboys fan or not. Like, what are we doing defensively? We are the worst. We can't stop anybody offensively. Okay. We have, we've lost Dak Prescott. I'll give him that. But like Ezekiel Elliott, he's ever since we paid him that huge contract, that dude has done nothing. Absolutely nothing. Like, like, how do we get only 60 rushing yards in this game when you have Ezekiel Elliott in your backfield? Also our offensive line is not that great right now. It's not, we've had, you know, we went through a decade of fantastic offensive line play. And then when we obviously lose, you know, a bunch of our star offensive linemen, but it just feels like the Cowboys just don't have a plan right now. And just like, again, it's the defense that really gets me because at least throughout the Jason Garrett years, we were somewhat competent on defense. And this season, it feels like we're not, like the players don't even know what they're doing. Like, uh, ah, I don't want to go. I'm going to get heated if I keep talking.
0: (laughs) Can can I give you a stat really quick? In Uh... In Zeke's first five years, Mm-hmm. He had five fumbles. And this year, he has tied the first five years with five fumbles.
2: And they're stupid fumbles, too. Like, uh, secure the ball, man. Keep it high and tight on your body. I don't know. Do something. But, I mean, that it was the Atlanta game that really did it for me when he fumbled. I don't remember how many times they fumbled in that game. Was it three times in that game?
0: But you all won.
2: We, yeah, barely by the skin of our teeth. But still, that that was the game right there that I knew this season was going to be an absolute shit show, was that Atlanta game. <laughs> and I I wasn't a fan of the Mike McCarthy hire in the first place. But I, I, I wanted to give him a shot because obviously, you know, he, he did beat us multiple times while he was in Green Bay. But this, it just feels like, it just feels like he doesn't know what he's doing and he's like not with the times with the league and like he's trying to play and his defensive coordinator. I don't, what's his name again? Um, Mike Nolan. Um, Mike Nolan hasn't been a defensive coordinator since like 2008, I think it was. So like, what is he doing coaching a defense in 2020 when you haven't been a defensive coordinator in a decade, essentially? like ah ah ah
0: a lot of pain and heartache for Carlos he
2: well it just sucks because the la- like the cowboys keep like we keep riding on this whole notion of like we want we have five super bowls the last super bowl we won i was only like 3 months old i've never seen this team ever be anywhere remotely close to the super bowl and every year, it always there's always talks. Oh, this could be the Cowboys' year. This could be the Cowboys' year. I'm sick. I'm sick and tired of it, man. Like, as a fan, I'm like, listen, we have the talent. We have the players here. We like everything is here. We just need somebody to put it in place. And who they should have gotten was not Mike McCarthy as their coach. One, he, Mike McCarthy lied to Jerry Jones's interview, anyways, by saying he watched every play, which he damn well didn't. Cause he wanted the job who they should have tried and got, or who they should have tried to get was uh Lincoln Riley out of Oklahoma. That's who I really think is the person who should be running this team because just, he knows how to get this. Like at least in the college game, he's, he's lighting it up with every quarterback he gets. And then defensively, they should have just kept um, who they had, which was uh, Rob, Rob Marinelli. I think that's yeah, how you say yeah. his name. Yeah. yeah. And then the um, the Seahawks' old uh, defensive backs coach—that's who they should have kept. And because, like, all in all, like, I do believe it was Jason Garrett's time to leave because the team was just not gonna ever get get over the hump. But at least we were guaranteed eight and eight with that guy. You know, we're not guaranteed eight and eight. This week. we're already four and eight, and there's we have. I don't even know. We have, uh, Baltimore next week, which. I mean honestly we're probably going to lose you know if <laughs> Lamar Jackson's back um, and then we have we have the Ravens next week we have who else do we have we have the Bengals which okay that's probably a winnable game and then we have the 49ers which that's not guaranteed it just depends which 49ers team shows up and then to close out the season we got the Eagles I can't guarantee an eight and eight season with this with this remaining schedule, and with how this defense plays, it's awful. It's terrible. I've never been so frustrated and so like ashamed to be a Cowboys fan because I'm like, we have gone through ten years of incompetence and it's continuing. And
0: <sighs> um, and you got any thoughts? <laughs> you close out the year with the Giants, by the way, because Washington closes out the year with Philly.
2: Oh you're right, you're right, you're right. I didn't I didn't your record is
0: three and eight, not four and eight.
2: (laughs) Three and eight. Thanks for making me feel better, Kirby.
0: Just rubs it in, (laughs) doesn't he? what what are your thoughts on Logan Thomas? Obviously, you must have loved that huge throw by Logan Thomas. And the the Washington trick plays they're implementing, implementing that throw Logan Thomas made, the fumble ruski and uh, J.D. McKissick running it. Um, I I mean, other than one ill-advised interception from Alex Smith, and Ronald Darby just blowing coverages left and right. This game was pretty much evenly matched uh, from a perspective perspective of the first half until um, Washington just ran away with it in the second half. And another key point, Dallas had injury after injury after injury after injury. So, Dan, let's hear. Hey,
2: really quick. I did forget to mention that fourth and 10 play.
0: Oh yeah, the fourth I I've, I've,
2: I've, I don't understand that play, but all right, go ahead, Dan.
0: Yeah, I was <laughs> I was
1: uh I was really impressed with with Logan Thomas. He's, you know, he's actually been one of those players for Washington that's been very consistent outside of Antonio Gibson um, and he's been consistent throughout his NFL career. When he first became the tight end, I was a little surprised. I was like I mean, he's big enough to be a tight end, but it it just takes a certain skill set, but he's really proven every um, doubter he's had wrong. Um, And like I said, been one of the most consistent players. And yeah, that's one of those plays that it was obvious that no one was expecting it. Um, I don't know if they've run anything similar this year. I'd I'd have to defer to Kirby on that. He's a a Washington football expert, so. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I I just thought in general with this game, the way Washington was able to run the football really took a lot of pressure off Alex Smith and um, you know that to me was the main difference. And you know Antonio Gibson, three touchdowns, 115 yards. He is hard to slow down. And this was really the perfect game for him to go off because Dallas's rush defense is uh, is not very atrocious. Good. I, it's atrocious. Yeah, not sure not sure where y'all rank, but I'd say you're down there pretty far. Um, so this was this was really the perfect game for Antonio Gibson. Um, and you know, on the, on the Cowboys side of things, what the heck is wrong with Zeke? I mean, all season long, he just seems like he can't get going. And this was another game where he, you know, had the same problems. I'm not sure if he's been hurt all season or if there's something going on behind the scenes that people don't know about, but, um, you know, when your star quarterback gets hurt and you're paying Zeke, you know, um, you know, Zeke the last few years has been one of the best running backs in the national football league. And it's just, it's really odd to see him really lose a big step this year and, and then some. So uh, we'll see, we'll see how it pans out, but certainly this season uh, outside of that Vikings game, um, the the week before when you had 103 rushing yards really just hasn't been sharp this year at all. So um, I'm sure you could go back to Carlos to talk more about Zeke, but, um, yeah, th- those are my thoughts. Um, and you know, you you guys mentioned the the fourth down play. I still don't understand.
2: And what then they Mike McCarthy to. defended the play. He was like, What's "I that? thought it was a good call." What are you talking about? A good we're not- call,
1: uh,
0: a good call on fourth and ten on our own, like twenty.
2: I think it was like around 22-yard line. And it was just like – it was a terrible play in the first place. It wasn't like it was a throw. It was like a pitch or something. He was going to have to like turn the corner and try and make 10 yards out of that. It was awful. Yeah.
0: And then Gibson goes in on the very next play untouched. I was like, that's great field position. You're giving Washington. And it wasn't as if we were
2: down. We weren't even like down by that much at that point. We were still in the game at that point.
0: That was by far the
1: turning point in the game. If you want to go to one play that first of all was idiotic, second of all gave Washington most of the momentum and then they just carried it from there. You could, you could go to that fourth down play for sure.
0: Yeah. So, so that's Thanksgiving for ya. It was a fun one. I ate a lot of Turkey, uh, watched a couple good football games, 41 to 16 Washington over Dallas Gentlemen, moving on to the Sunday slate of games, and boy, there were a ton of great games on. Patriots, a lot of good ones. yeah, Patriots. Cardinals. Do not Patri- put
2: that as a good game. Don't put that as a good game. <laughs> Cam Newton couldn't even throw for a hundred yards. Uh,
0: uh, okay, uh, how the Patriots beat the Cardinals with Cam Newton's stat line amazes me. to a game-winning field goal for the Patriots to beat the Cardinals. Um, Another much-needed win for the Patriots. Uh, They're still struggling. Cam Newton, I I just don't know what the situation is there. I mean, I, I feel like Bill Belichick can still work with him and make him a good quarterback, but it's nothing like they have had when Tom Brady was there. Heck, you had Tom Brady in that system for 20 years and you switched to Cam Newton. Yeah, you're gonna see some differences, but still it's crazy to see New England five and six on the season after week twelve. That that's unheard of
2: uh, uh, uh I Dan, you want you wanna go?
0: <laughs> sure, I'll go.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah whoever. I- just looking at these stats, I mean, I watched some of that uh, game, especially on red zone. But I mean, my God, they only had 179 yards of total offense to Pats. Um, yeah, it's. I don't know how they won. I mean, they. Let's see, man.
0: Uh, Wally's looking you have a
1: special teams touchdown or something. I gotta, I gotta scroll through and find yeah. this out. Kenyan, I, Drake- I don't know how they scored.
0: Kenyon Drake uh, scored two touchdowns for Arizona. James White scored two touchdowns for New England. So more exactly. okay. a running game, running attack game for both the Cardinals and the Patriots. There, but it, Yeah, it was it was you know, it
2: was James James White scored two touchdowns uh, for there, the Patriots. Yeah, there it is. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Open my eyes a little bit. Okay, got it now. Yeah.
1: It was
2: James White who <laughs> scored two, and then that's 14. But how did they get 20? Did they get a defensive touchdown?
0: I have no clue, but Cam Newton just does not look comfortable <laughs> for New England at all. No. Uh, it, it's uh, ever
2: since he got COVID, it feels like ever since he came back from that, he just hasn't been the same cuz he was playing lights out at the beginning of the season. And it just yeah. felt like ever since he came back from COVID, it just feels like he hasn't been the same Cam Newton.
1: Yeah, it yeah. seems like he's like sleepwalking, I, I I think and if when they just when they put the camera on him at the end of the game I don't know if you guys saw that. He looked exhausted and just like, yeah, like he wasn't like mentally with it. If if that makes sense, yeah, that's that's very concerning. Um, for your, well, I don't know how long he'll be a franchise quarterback there, but certainly for the time being, um, yeah, this this game is was so bizarre to me. And Kyler Murray, really, I mean, he he maybe had he probably had one of his worst (laughs) games. uh, Just couldn't seem to do anything right <laughs>
2: it, yeah I, it, had, uh, that's DeAndre that's
1: Hopkins the... a few times and just just missed him and yeah there's just, there's just a just a disconnect and it happens with young quarterbacks in in a lot of games and I think this this was his game for sure where it just didn't uh, work out for him
2: yeah it just seems like the Cardinals are always like the like the hit or miss team yeah. like you, you you can't ever guarantee them to like always be on and they have so much talent i mean when you got deandre hopkins like come on like just throw it up to him he'll get it but i mean also like we got to factor in gilmore into this like gilmore did shut deandre hopkins down oh yeah um five receptions for 55 yards no touchdowns kyler murray didn't throw a single touchdown it was only one interception um I, I still – the Cardinals will make the playoffs. I'm not concerned about whether they'll make the playoffs or not. But they have to – this was a game they should have won, especially when yeah. Cam Newton can't throw for 100 yards and throws two picks. <laughs> you should win this game. And the fact that they didn't – I mean, once again, Bill Belichick can beat one of his old coaches because Cliff Kings, Kingsbury – Jesus. Um, he did coach for Belichick in like 2003, I think it was.
1: Ooh, that's, that's yeah. a good nugget.
0: Yeah, that's a pool. Nice. Um,
2: nice. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it, it, Belichick just—that's the thing. The Patriots are going to win games solely because of Bill Belichick. They finally and to win, and that's, that's yeah. Exactly <laughs> so
1: right.
2: yeah, it sucks for the card because the Cardinals are now—they're the last seat. I think they're in seventh now. Um,
1: let me check real fast. But yeah, I, yeah. I think I think that's
0: the case. yeah yeah if you're looking playoffs i believe that's the case but looking at kyler murray here his stat line wasn't that bad he uh 23 for 34 170 yards no touchdown throws but still he completed most of his passes in the game but I, I mean, still, the low pass. Yeah, you scores.
2: can complete all the passes you want, but if you don't get it in the end zone and score, what yeah, does it matter?
0: Doesn't yeah, doesn't matter. You know, exactly. That's, exactly. That's true. But still, I mean, this was just a very weird game because I, I felt like the Cardinals would come out more explosive. and
1: Yeah, they were expected to score a lot of points, especially yeah. against this New England defense that has had a lot of issues.
0: Yeah, I mean. and the Patriots came out and kicked a game-winning field goal. Yeah, and, and Belichick had that defense
1: ready to go. So give them a ton of credit. Like Carlos mentioned, they they definitely came to play and they came to shut down the Cardinals offense.
0: Absolutely.
1: Hats, hats off to them.
0: Absolutely. So let's move forward. The Patriots won that game 20 to 17. Uh, the next game on our slate might make Dan sort of upset um, <laughs> as uh, Joey Sly, could not come in. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> he could not come in clutch for the Carolina Panthers uh they fall to the Minnesota Vikings by a point after a missed field goal oh, but uh, I mean credit to the Panthers they stayed in this game had Minnesota on their toes all day and Kirk Cousins actually threw a good game uh, <laughs> The line for Minnesota is still not the greatest chemistry for the Vikings defense is looking better, not the best, but still better. And the Vikings come out with this, uh, win 28 to 27 and Teddy Bridgewater's first game back in Minnesota. Isn't that crazy? First. Oh game yeah,
2: from it from is.
0: <laughs> Multiple yeah. lead changes in this game. And, um, all in all, just it, – it, it was a fight. Teddy Bridgewater fought hard trying to win this game. Uh, unfortunately, Joey Sly could not come up with a game-winning field goal. But this was a great game to watch. And Kirk Cousins, he actually had a pretty decent game.
1: Yeah. Um, one of his most impressive this season for sure. And he really picked apart the the Carolina secondary, which I think – um i would say he's been done quite often this season <laughs> but uh yeah you know outside of that dalvin cook he didn't run the ball as well as i think people thought he might in this game um although carolina's carolina's defensive front's pretty solid so
0: it's it's not really surprising
2: didn't she- dalvin cook leave injured
0: yeah yes yeah yes, i he believe he did i did yeah. not i did not see the whole Play, but I did see he get he did get injured. I could not find anywhere what happened though. For some odd reason,
1: have to go look that up for sure. But
0: that's a huge hit if Dalvin Cook can't come back next week.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, it takes away a huge dimension of their offense, especially Uh, when Mike Zimmer
2: says Mike Zimmer said Dalvin Cook is feeling good. So yeah, he should be
1: back.
0: Carlos Martinez, with that, thank you, Carlos. Thank you, Carlos.
1: <laughs> I'm on yeah, it. <laughs> the, the, um, yeah, they definitely need him, especially when Kirk Cousins one week throws for 300 yards, and then the next week he throws for 100 yards and has four interceptions. So uh, they definitely need Dalvin Cook. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think for Carolina, I mean, it was just a case of you know they built they built a pretty good lead going into the fourth quarter. Um, it was 21 to 10. Mm -hmm. they they just they just couldn't close it out um give credit to to minnesota and being able to first of all come back and score 18 points in the fourth quarter um secondly i mean the panthers what are you doing i mean it's like it's it's almost like their defense just kind of said oh we we have a big lead we're going to just just let off the gas a little bit And, and before you know it you know the the vikings did what they had to do and then that missed field goal at the end made me so mad, honestly, because not just because you know Joey Sly was a former Virginia Tech hokie, but um, I have a friend who's a Panthers fan, and I was like, oh, "He's going to make this kick. It's Joey Sly. He's one of the best in the NFL." Da 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 da. And he kicked maybe the worst kick I've seen in a while. That was um, a
2: really bad kick.
1: I mean, it looked like me trying to kick for real. So um, <laughs> it came off his of foot, oh, and I just went, "You got to be kidding me." And I texted my friend. He's like, yeah, I had a feeling that was going to happen. So other than that, I mean, I thought I thought a lot of the early window games on Sunday were really good um, and, and yeah. back and forth. So and this game was no exception. Yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. The Vikings twenty-eight to twenty-seven over the Panthers.
2: I mean, and- we have to give a shout out though to Justin Jefferson because that dude. Oh yeah, yeah. two touchdowns, yeah, seven I- receptions, seventy yards. Like my God, that guy, that kid is special. Like that was that was a good that was a good pickup for the Vikings.
0: I knew I was missing somebody. Jefferson was the person I was missing. He has balled out the past couple weeks for Minnesota. He's been playing great, and it's a great weapon for Kirk Cousins to use. In any situation, short game, long game, it just seems like Justin Jefferson can get there and making a great play out of it.
2: He's definitely filled the hole that uh, Diggs left yeah. in that team. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. Totally. Absolutely, no doubt. So moving on, the Vikings over the Panthers, twenty-eight to twenty-seven. I want to I want to briefly touch on this game because it does have division implications in the NFC East. But how Washington on Thursday won beat Dallas, they got possession of first place, and then a close matchup between the Giants and the Bengals. Um, the Giants won that game, nineteen to seventeen, with Brandon Allen coming in for the injured Joe Burrow and Dan. Jones actually leaving this game as well. Colt McCoy finishes off six for 10 31 God, yards. Not Cole that it really matters. Uh,
2: still in the league.
0: Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. He is, but still, I mean, I I I mean, not that it really matters, but the Giants just uh it was a close game and they beat the Bengals 19 to 17. Almost had a um uh big drive there um towards the end. Uh, scored a touchdown, the Bengals did. And then uh, the Giants had to punt back to them. And then they got a fumble, the Giants recovered. But, uh, a- anyways, the Giants retook the lead in the NFC East because they swept Washington. So they're tied, but Washington, but New York has the tiebreaker since they beat Washington twice. That just gets to show you how bad this NFC East. Is, the <laughs> dumpster fire of the NFC East. Uh but Daniel Jens, once again a non-contact injury and Colt McCoy took his place. Um it was non-contact. That's very interesting to see. It's very rare to see a quarterback just have a non-contact injury in a game. Um no Those word are the on scary
2: th- injuries though.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah they sure. are definitely. But yeah, No word on if Jan- Daniel Jens is ready for next week, but it's going to be huge if Daniel Jens misses any time with this injury with the first place New York Giants right now.
2: Yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, if if they don't have Daniel Jones, I don't think they have any shot. I mean, the, the Giants don't have an easy path right now. They got the Seahawks this Sunday, then they got the Cardinals, then they got the Browns, then they got the Ravens, and then they finish the season with the Cowboys. I can't guarantee that they, w- I mean, I honestly, without Daniel Jones, I don't see them winning four out of the five or maybe even all six. They might lose. Wait, six, no five. I'm sorry. Yeah. Or maybe all five. Um, yeah. Right now, honestly, I I don't know who's in the driver's seat for this division because it's not as if the Eagles are playing any better. Um, Washington's got, you know, they got a tough schedule ahead and the Giants are missing Daniel Jones, and they also got a tough schedule. And I'm I'm not putting any money on the Cowboys to win this division. So, um, (laughs) yeah, I just – this is the worst division in football right now, and it's very disappointing.
1: Yeah, so all they know right now, and this is per Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network, is that um, he had an MRI early this week, and it showed that he doesn't have a serious hamstring injury. Uh, the timetable is what they're uncertain about right now. Um, he'll most likely miss this week, uh, but they they think he might have a chance to come back the week after. So that'll that'll definitely help the Giants' chances of winning the NFC East. Uh, the sooner he can get back.
0: Yeah, this NFC East though, we all know it's a, it's a dumpster fire.
1: So bad. And I was, no- yeah. I what's was up, Dan? So shocked when Colt McCoy took the field. I was like, first of all. He's the Giants' backup quarterback. What? <laughs> and then the same thing Carlos said: like, how is he still in the league? Like, are you serious?
2: I didn't even know he left Washington.
0: <laughs> he left wild, Washington wild after that huge quarterback carousel <laughs> where Colt uh, broke his leg or something. Then Mark Sanchez. Oh, that was yeah, after. That. Yeah, that was after
2: Alex Smith broke his leg, and then Colt broke his leg next, and then it just Mark kept Sanchez going and going for a
0: game. that Josh <laughs> Johnson, and you oh my-
1: know josh johnson who hadn't played a game in like like five or six years, oh
2: yeah played. oh yeah that was a dumpster fire Reeve, for uh yeah. washington that year that sucked because they were in first place too going into that week that uh alex six smith and yeah. three I heard, alex
0: yeah. smith breaks his leg in uh against yeah. houston wearing throwback jerseys alex smith oh, kirby thorns- remembers the details Alex Smith starts two years later against the Bengals with throwback jerseys and beats the Bengals. So Mm -hmm. full circle for Alex Smith. But, yeah, you know.
2: I'm uh, happy for him. I'm really happy for him because, like, when you saw that his uh, documentary that they made on ESPN, man, that dude honestly has no business being on the field right now. And the fact that he's doing it is absolutely incredible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's great to hear. So moving on. Here's a game I want to get into a lot of detail on the yeah. chiefs and the Buccaneers. My goodness. <laughs> quarter, that was such a good play. game. Todd B. Hill in the first quarter in the whole <laughs> game. I'll give you his whole game stat 13 receptions, 269 yards and three touchdowns. But the first quarter, Just my funny. man, Tyreek Hill, putting up career numbers right there. Patrick Mahomes, you have a weapon to throw it to all day.
2: MVP. I, MVP. Yes. And what? Sorry. <laughs> oh,
1: he definitely is MVP. He deserves it.
0: Yeah, but then you have Tom Brady. He looks decent, but uh, throws two picks. Still, what's wrong with the Buccaneers? Tom Brady must be getting very irritated. He can't win any football games.
1: Well, this, this was a difficult matchup for them coming in. Everybody knows how good Kansas mm-hmm. City is. Yeah. And, you know, especially, you know, Kansas city's got some playmakers on that defense too. And you got to credit the secondary for, for, um, for, for some of those, uh, bad mistakes that Brady had, you know, it's not just on Brady. Sometimes they disguise the coverages really well and just confuse them. But, you know, I, I really can't put my finger on the problem with, with Tom Brady, um, judging by this game. I mean, I think any quarterback in the NFL is going to struggle in this matchup. And, um, you know the, the three touchdown passes. That I thought I thought Brady looked pretty good. Um, it's just again, it's it's kind of the late game mistakes that you know Brady just throughout his career has not made, and in this game, you know he unfortunately we've grown accustomed to seeing him do it more often. But um, I just can't wrap my head around how good Kansas City's offense is. Yeah, I'm um, unreal. Like, it's like they're playing on rookie. I mean, honestly, watching them play <laughs> it it's just not even fair to be to be quite honest. Um how good Patrick Mahomes is and God, how good Tyreek Hill was. I I've never seen a receiver play better in the last few years than Tyreek Hill did on Sunday. Yeah. And you know, you would think after a while they'd start to double cover him. It probably it probably wouldn't matter because he'd probably just blow by him anyway. Um, but this 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 was this game was definitely, you know, I think anticipated to be a high scoring game, and it it didn't disappoint.
0: It did not, absolutely. And I, uh, before I send it to Carlos, I mean, Patrick Mahomes almost 500 yards passing. It, it, it's, it's insane. Yeah, it's insane. he's growing accustomed to throwing over 500 yards a game. Just about. And
1: it's so hard to stop them. It's
2: just so hard. Well, just think about what he said last season. He said he didn't find out until like the middle of the season, how to read defenses and he won an MVP, not being able to read defenses. So now think about what he's doing now. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is just, he's just, he's just an alien. Like I've never seen anybody able to play the way that guy plays. Like he's, he's by far my favorite quarterback playing right now. Whenever Patrick Mahomes is playing, I'm watching. And yeah, just I don't know what Tampa Bay was trying to do defensively. They were trying to put pressure on Patrick Mahomes, and by doing that, they were just playing man coverage out. You know, out in the secondary,
1: their corners to die, basically.
2: Yeah, basically. And it was like you can't do that with the guy. I mean, his nickname is Cheetah. Like, come on, like you know, uh, Tyreek Hill is like fast as hell. Like, you can't, you can't leave. You know, you can't leave your defensive backs out there by themselves. And you saw in the second half, you know, they, they eventually moved a safety over um over top of um Tyreek Hill. So it was a little more difficult for him to get um the deep ball. But man, just Patrick Mo. I mean, it even the scoreline is 27 24, but it never felt like Kansas City was ever like in um in fear of losing this game or yeah. like a threat of losing the game. It was right. It felt like they were in control the whole time, and they feel like they feel like the Golden State Warriors from like 2016, the one that they lost to the Cavaliers, um, where it feels like they can just go on a run whenever they want.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Gonna, well, this game was going to be such an uphill battle for the Bucks going into the fourth quarter when they were down 27 to 10. Um, so give Brady and company some credit for almost getting back in the game, but but like you said, Carlos, I really don't think um, the the end result was really ever in doubt when you have such a big lead like that. And, you know, one last point I'll make is just how, how scary this chief's offense is because they have so many weapons. I mean, you got Travis Kelsey and Sammy Watkins, uh, you got Robinson, you got McKeel Hardman, you know, if, if you don't cover one of their playmakers, you know, they have three or four more. So the chiefs are just, it's, it's just insane. It's like, it's like if you're like doing a fantasy draft in Madden and you just take you know you just take the best players at every position and put them on one team that's basically what they have on their offense.
2: I mean they got and Clyde edwards helaire and Levy yes. Bell in the backfield. Like it's, you can't you can't lose against this team. Like you can't win. Oh, you can't it's win.
1: Just not fair to the rest of the NFL but you know they deserve all the credit for what they've what they built there and they you know they they should be undefeated I think. They should never have lost to the Raiders anyway. Though. Oh my god.
2: <laughs> Oh, how they lost the Raiders is still beyond me, considering what happened this week.
1: Oh
0: but, yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, I mean, another thing is, is that I just feel like it's also the reason why the Buccaneers are kind of struggling is also there was no off season, so Brady didn't really have a lot of time to build, right. uh, you know, build that trust and like that relationship with his receivers. Um, and obviously these are all new receivers, and he's also running. A new system, like he's not running that same system in new that he was running in New England for the most part. It's uh, Bruce Arians is, you know, go routes, just throw the deep ball, score and score on two plays, and you see it in the stats. Like a lot of quarterbacks that run the system in the first year, they do struggle, but then right. it's the second year that you really start to see them figure it out and really like play better.
1: And you see, and you see the one guy that Brady has the most chemistry with leaves the team led the team in receiving, um, you know, Gronk with seven re- or six receptions for 106 yards. So, you know, you, you we see that connection is never strayed and it hasn't strayed during this season either. That's been really Brady's go-to guy because that's who he's comfortable with. That's He knows where to put the ball, where Gronk can get it and, and all of that uh, stuff. So, yeah, I totally yeah. agree with everything you said.
2: Yeah, and it's not like the receivers played a horrible game. I mean, no. yeah, there were some mistakes. Like, yeah, Brady threw the two picks. And, you know, and obviously Tony Romo thinks that one of them was Mike Evans' fault somehow, some way. <laughs> <Because laughs> but
0: Tony Romo knows everything.
2: <laughs> listen, this was not his best game. But, like, I do enjoy yeah. listening to Tony Romo on commentary. <laughs> but, I mean, Mike Evans scored two touchdowns. And, what? like, they were pretty good touchdowns, too. Um, yeah. I just – I mean, Ronald Jones caught that one where he went 37 yards. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like Tampa Bay's still figuring it out. Yeah. Um, and I do believe that in the playoffs, they'll have it figure it out. Whether they make the Super Bowl is still up for debate because all in all, I feel like the road goes through Kansas City, you know, the big game is going to be the AFC championship game. If it's Kansas city against Pittsburgh, but Tampa Bay, if they can get, if they can get this going and figure it out with Leonard Fournette, with uh, Ronald Jones, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, I mean, they're loaded. They have Antonio Brown. Yeah, Antonio Brown didn't exactly do check. Yeah. He's got two receptions for 11 yards. If they can get him implemented into this offense and get him going, Tampa Bay can really go stride for stride with Kansas city. If they can figure it out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're weapons on weapons on weapons on end for this Kansas City offense, and it, it's I can't comprehend. I can't put it into words how good this team has been playing. And it's
1: just not fair. It's I mean, that's, that's just all it is. To, you know. Teams who play them, it's like, what do we have to do to stop this team? I mean, ask the Raiders because apparently they, you know, they were able to do it. I'm not sure. I, I think that game might have been fake news, but. Um, yeah.
2: Well, they beat him that one time, but then even in the second game, Patrick Mahomes really had game. to bring him back. Yeah. Yep. So it's just like, what, what is it that the Raiders did?
0: That's John Groove, man. He watches a lot of tape, man. Oh, uh, yeah, he does.
2: <laughs> he does, man.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Uh, two Gruden impersonators in the house. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, let's move on. That's the big games we talked about on our slate. Let's move into some short nuggets for you. Uh, starting off San Francisco beating Los Angeles, the San Francisco 49ers team looks like they have two different sides. Um, yeah, I I mean, I was very surprised. I thought the Rams could have easily pulled this off, but you, you have San Francisco back and a key guy coming back, Richard Sherman, that actually had an interception in this game. So 23 to 20, San Francisco um, beat L.A. Um, L.A. falls to seven and four in the NFC. That's a tough division in their division once again. So short and sweet, guys, uh, what do you think of this game?
1: Jared Goff played like crap, no touchdowns. Oh, he's so
2: bad.
0: And that was the difference. I mean,
1: when when you're playing against Nick Mullins, and he has a better stat line than you do, I mean that's Oh that's my pathetic. god. That's all <laughs> that that's is... all I'm gonna say.
2: Yeah, that's that's really bad when Nick Mullins has a better stat line than you, and yet you're <laughs> the guy who led your team to a Super Bowl like a couple right? of seasons ago. People forget. Uh-huh. Like the Rams just yeah, they just they just shit the bed in this one like let's just put it plain and simple they just did not they did not execute how do you lose to this 49ers team that's this is a 49ers team that's so banged up imagine what they're going to be like when they get everybody back next season
1: yeah uh, like they're going to be thirsty for a win. lineman had a pick six for for the 49ers okay. <laughs> that's
3: just uh, uh, yeah.
2: it, it's it's really it's i mean even Sean McVay called out jared goff at the end of the game he's like he's got to make better decisions like you can't do this you know
0: franchise quarterback too
2: yeah so i don't know how much longer he's going to be but you know
1: yeah
0: who knows all (laughs) right moving on to our next nugget uh, Nick falls out with an injury. Chicago playing in Lambeau Field with Mitchell Trubisky. Went we all know how that went. Aaron Rodgers <laughs> putting up career numbers. Not a lot oh, to man. get into there except for the record Aaron Rodgers broke. Um, twenty-one for twenty-nine in that game, two hundred eleven yards and four touchdowns. I mean, it's against the Bears, but still, Aaron Rodgers still being great, doing great things. Any thoughts on this, gentlemen?
2: Um, yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers is number two on my MVP list. Um,
0: number one is Pat Mahomes, I assume. Obviously.
2: (laughs) Um, but the, what really got me during this game was in the pregame, how like they kept talking about how the coaches were hyping up Mitchell Trubisky and like being like, oh, he's got an edge to him now. Oh, he, this is the best week of practice we've ever seen. I knew from the start. I knew it. I knew it. I knew from the, before the game started they showed they showed this one uh like shot of like Mitchell Trubisky trying to get his team hyped up and i just saw it in the team they were they're not with Mitchell Trubisky that defense <laughs> quit this game they quit on the bears and it's because Mitchell Trubisky's just got awful how i never understood the pick in the first place i never understood why when you had Deshaun Watson on the board i would have picked Deshaun Watson i knew that guy was a winner I don't, I'm, where did Mitchell Trubisky even come from? He played one year at North Carolina and somehow he was number two, the number two overall pick. It made no sense to me. And then, then when you see how they missed out on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, and you got this guy who, how they were even five and one to start out with is beyond me. He has
1: no pocket presence either. I mean, he,
2: no, he's, he's terrible. He is awful. awful. He's terrible. But the Broncos would have loved to have him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I yeah, you know, I would just simply say the Packers own the Bears time and time again, and the Packers own the division. So that's just how it is. I mean, Rodgers again is another guy. It's like he's playing on rookie and everybody else is playing on all pro. Um, oh, it's just man, watching him throw a deep ball is a thing of beauty, I'll tell you what. Oh
0: man, um, it really is. <laughs>
1: yeah. And it no really one, is. No one throws it better deep than than uh, than Aaron Rodgers. It's him and pa- if-
2: it's, it's him and Patrick Mahomes. That, they throw yeah, the and best and deep ball. Yep. But like, you know, but but it's almost as if like Aaron Rodgers throws it like like he him and Patrick Mahomes literally can throw it the same way. And uh, Aaron Rodgers has said it. He's been doing no look passes forever. And then when you go back and you look at the tape, you're like, oh yeah, he really has.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The, the thing I like about Aaron Rodgers, his deep balls on a free play when somebody jumps off sides. Oh man. He-
2: oh yes. <laughs>
0: that Amazing. hard
2: count is that hard count is the thing of beauty.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it catches people off sides all the time. All right. The next nugget we'll get into the Denver Broncos are without a, qu- a quarterback due to COVID concerns. Obviously new Orleans beats them, but, um, uh, 31 to3 but a practice squad wide receiver comes in as a quarterback for the denver broncos it was uh Kendall hinton one one for nine 13 yards and two interceptions yeah well yep.
1: the expectation wasn't high and it, it, it uh it was not hats off it was though. not hats oh, off gosh, yeah hats this off to was, the guy yeah i think they said like before he was on the practice squad, he was, like, doing something in sales or something weird like that. Anyway, yeah, huge, huge hat, hats off to him. I think he hasn't – he played in college. He played at uh, Wake Forest, but that was, like, three or four years ago now. So, he's been away from the quarterback position for forever. Yeah. Um, and we all – you know, we had a feeling that the Broncos were going to be running the ball quite a bit, and they did. And, uh, I mean, credit the Saints, they – you know, they were – supposed to dominate this game and they did and uh they shouldn't have given up that field goal in the third quarter though what a, what a shame they should have gotten the shutout
2: <laughs> yeah um you know who the the broncos would have i bet you they really wish they had logan thomas on their team
0: oh yeah
2: because he, he would have been slid in a quarterback at that <laughs> yeah
0: that's what i was thinking the whole time we were
2: talking about the you know about Washington running that trick play. I was like, man, imagine if he was on the Broncos, he'd be playing quarterback. But yeah, I mean, tight
1: end and just confused the hell out of the defense. You know? Exactly, but yeah,
2: yeah. But shout, I mean, you you got to give props to this guy. What's his name? Kendall Hint- 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 Hinton? Hint- Hinton, yeah. Hinton. Hinton. Uh, you know, to he was put in an impossible situation. Oh, but my. you know, at least now we all know that, like, if nobody can talk crap about being like oh i could go into the game and complete one pass (laughs) that dude barely completed that pass and he 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 said it himself he was like the 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 speed of the linebackers is what gets you You, they're just so fast and on top of that it's the saints defense that defense has been playing lights out um and yeah not much else to say but you know um at, every team now is going to have a covid quarterback you know ready to go cuz in case yeah. the situation like this arises like the the bills already do it a couple teams already do it but now i bet you every team's going to have like uh like four, their third string fourth string quarterback just like off in a separate room
0: all right uh the next nugget The Cleveland Browns, the worst they can do this season is go eight and eight. They have clinched their first winning season in God knows how long. Oh God! Wow. I can't. Browns. I can't believe it. I can't believe it they can finally take the paper bags off their heads. The Browns are actually a good team. Uh, I uh, I know you. uh, I know. I I, I, want to go good team yet. They're at
2: least. Yeah, they're at least finally a competent team. I think Stefanski has done a really good job at making this a competent team, but they're not good enough to go all the way. I'm not saying
0: that. (laughs) I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they can take the paper bags off their heads. I mean, they're finally winning games.
2: (laughs) I mean, I'm happy for the fan base. Like, I am happy for the fan because they've dealt with nothing but, you know, Mediocre football, yeah, year, be, being the joke of the league. Finally, they're not the joke of the league. Uh huh. But let's see if they can keep it going. Let's see if Baker Mayfield is going to continue because it's not as if Baker Mayfield's playing lights out. Honestly, the reason why they're being so successful is because they're playing old school football and they're running the ball with Chubb. Oh, Nick Chubb and, uh, great. oh yeah. man, Nick Chubb is he, he's definitely top three running backs, but you know, with Chubb and, um, uh, what's the other running back's name? It's, it's passing me right now. Kareem, um, Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, Kareem yes. Hunt, Kareem yes. Hunt. Yes, I Kareem th- Hunt. think that guy used to be a chief. Um, <laughs> it, Like, I just – they're a competent team, good for them, you know, getting a winning season. Let's see what you build off of this.
1: Yeah, I, I think the Browns defense has a lot of problems. I mean, you give up 235 passing yards to a guy who – Hell, I hadn't seen play quarterback since like 2015 or something like that. I mean, I'm sure he's played maybe not started since 2015. Mike Glennon for the uh, for, for Jacksonville. I, th- <laughs> that that's another guy. He they said who the starter was, and I was like, he's still in the league? Are you serious? Yeah. Huh? Isn't, Mike, isn't Mike Glennon
2: from Virginia?
1: I think so. Well, his his brother, older brother, played at Virginia Tech. I think he played it nc state i want to say yeah he went somewhere else but but i'm
2: pretty sure he went to high school here in virginia
0: i think i i think you're right i i think you're right about that wow well that that's Um, very interesting mike glennon i cannot believe he's still in the league like you just said one thing
1: about the cleveland
2: defense though um is miles garrett didn't play in this game so they were missing the key a key guy in that defense but when he plays that cleveland defense is actually pretty good i won't lie
0: Westfield in Chantilly, Virginia. He was born in Fairfax County, Mike Glenn. (laughs) Oh, he was born in my hometown. (laughs) Yeah, so Virginia Grand, Virginia Rays, we're all in Virginia right now. So pretty interesting to see Uh, the next uh, three Nuggets really quickly. Ryan, Fitzpat- uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick takes the starting position back. Tua Tagovailoa is injured. Um, Miami obviously beats New York, and that goes into my second nugget. Why is Adam Gase still employed? 0-11. <laughs> oh Adam my Gase
2: God.
0: is still employed by oh. the New York Jets. Dan, I know so, we've been griping and moaning and complaining about it, uh, but it's time for Adam Gates to go.
2: He's I, gone. He's He's gone at the end of the season. There's no I, way they keep him.
1: I think COVID's the only reason why they're even keeping him, keeping him, to be honest. I think that's going to be their uh, excuse just
0: until the season. <laughs> I cannot believe it. Uh, I, I think
2: I, I honestly think they're keeping him for the rest of the season just because they want to go 0-16. That way they guarantee that you know, first overall pick and they can get Trevor Lawrence. But I mean,
0: what if Lawrence doesn't go? Cause he doesn't want to play L- for Lawrence.
2: Lawrence is he's going to leave Clemson. There's no way he's going back. But, I mean, listen, personally, if I was Trevor Lawrence, I wouldn't leave. I wouldn't want to go to the New York jets. That's the most incompetent franchise I've ever seen. They have not been able to get anything right since Rex Ryan's magically took them to, um, the two AFC championship games with I mean, Mark they Sanchez
1: been, they haven't been consistent for a long time um, no, uh, say no the least.
2: I mean the last time they won a Super Bowl was with Joe Namath like come yeah. on <laughs> like I mean and on the Ryan you know, Fitzpatrick on the Ryan Fitzpatrick front I mean good, good for you. him you know I mean you did it against the New York Jets <laughs> whether he's going to be able to take them the rest of the way we'll see um, but yeah, I mean, the only reason why Adam Gase even got this job was because um, Peyton Manning vouched for him, apparently. So,
0: wow, interesting. Yeah,
1: I would say that the, you know, I, 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 I think Adam Gase's arrogance. I've I've seen his press conferences <laughs> a few times, and it's it, it's just mind boggling how arrogant the guy is.
2: Like, what has he accomplished and- to be so arrogant?
1: I, I I think he thinks that Owen 11 is like is undefeated <laughs> if you will undefeated on the winning end
2: <laughs> no you know he's he's a backwards he's reading it he's reading it like they do in Japan he reads it That's from right, right to reads, left reads, not left right to
0: right left. <laughs> So he's like all right we're in good shape so good um, shape at Owen 11
1: uh, man the Jets, the Jets are a disaster and I really don't know if Lawrence is going to stay or not I you know, part of me thinks that every, college, every co- great college athlete who has a, um, a chance to make it pro will do it just because they're finally getting paid for their hard work, um, rightfully paid for their hard work, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's, they're just such a bad team.
2: I wouldn't want to go there. Like I really no. w- I, like I understand Trevor Lawrence is special. Like he he's is a special quarterback. He's, he's but yeah, that's the thing. You see you've seen it with Joe Burrow going to Joe Cincinnati. Burrow. He yeah. got you know, he's out for the year because you know there's no there's no good offensive line in Cincinnati. It's the same thing with New York. New York doesn't have anything. At least in Cincinnati oh. he got he has, you know, AJ Green and he has Joe Mixon and he has um Oh, what's his name? the The receiver from Clemson. Um, oh, I don't remember his name right now.
1: Oh yeah, um, um, is it T. Higgins? T. T. Higgins, yep, yep,
2: yep. yeah. Yeah, yeah, T. Higgins. Like, at least Joe Burrow has some weapons to work with. He has. He's not gonna have anything in New York. Yeah. So it's like, and then on top of that, you know, who knows who's gonna be the next head coach? Will that head coach even work with Trevor Lawrence? Who's gonna be the next GM? Is the owner going to finally stop being so stingy and actually spend money on this team? Mm -hmm. You know, we'll we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, uh, how Adam Gase is still employed is beyond me. Another thing is Sam Darnold, what's going to happen with him. But I guess we can talk about that another day.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And last but not least, a bunch of nuggets here. But what happened to the Raiders? Atlanta only putting up six points on Atlanta. Like what?
2: Atlanta came into this game, and it was like a couple hours before kickoff, and it came out that Julio Jones wasn't even playing. So the fact that Atlanta somehow put forty three on the Raiders without Julio Jones makes this loss even that more, much more embarrassing. That's Listen,
0: incredible.
2: Th- th- this happened to the Raiders last year too. This is this is the game that derails them because last year they were making the run for the playoffs, and then they lost to the Jets. Whether now uh, we we'll ho- hopefully this is an outlier this season and the Raiders can bounce back, but I don't know, man. That was a, like, I've never seen car like we haven't seen Carr play that bad in a long time. And he played awful.
1: Yeah. Um, he, he played really bad, but also just in general, I think the story of this game was turnovers. Uh, the Raiders had five <laughs> turnovers, four fumbles and and an interception. So, you know, that's, that's what's going to happen. Teams are going to take advantage of it. And even, you know, as, as bad as Atlanta has been this season, um, as much as I don't like Matt Ryan, you know, he he's throughout his career is, you know, the reason you stay in the league so long is take advantage of those mistakes that, you know, the other, the, the other team's offense makes. And that's, you know, really what the case was in this game.
0: Um, 28 to three absolutely so that that wraps up the nuggets (laughs) except for that
2: (laughs) oh man i uh, he'll never live that one down but yeah i Mm i yeah i agree it was definitely the turnovers that really hurt that hurt las vegas it was uh, it was just really bad i don't i don't understand what happened
0: yeah Yeah, i i don't either i really don't but that wraps up the nuggets in week 12 talk uh now it's time for Line'em Up with Zach Ruff. When we return, we will give you uh, what to look out for Week 13. Zach, take it away. All right, welcome to the
3: Week 13 edition of Line'em Up. I'm Zach Ruff of ProFootballAction.com and at the ZachMamba24 on Twitter. Let's get right into it. First up, we have the Raiders at the New York Jets. The line on this game is Raiders minus 7.5. The point total is forty-seven. Las Vegas is 7-4 against the spread this year, and they were absolutely demolished by the Falcons last week, looking to snap their two-game losing streak in New York this weekend. The team is 3-2 against other teams with losing records. New York's closest game this season was a three-point loss to the Patriots last month. Sam Darnold was extremely ineffective in his return, going for 197 yards, throwing two interceptions last week against Miami. I'm taking the Raiders and the over as the teams are combined 12, 9, and 1 on over-unders. I think 47 points uh, is low enough to get both of those teams over the top there. Next up, we have the Lions at the Bears. The Bears are a three-point favorite, and the over-under is set at 44. The Lions finally fired head coach Matt Patricia after their beatdown at the hands of Houston. The team rushed 29 times against what was the worst rush defense going into last week. Clearly terrible play calling for a floundering team. The Lions are 3-7-1 and against the spread this season. All of their covers are on the road, though they did lose to the Bears in Week 1. Throw Chicago in the trash. That defense has got to be exhausted at this point, though they've managed to only lose two games by more than one score, one of which was last week against the Packers. Last week against the Packers, Mitchell Trubisky threw 46 times for 242 yards, three touchdowns, and two picks. David Montgomery and Allen Robinson continue to waste their careers on a team that's essentially one quarter- serious quarterback away from legitimate contention. Chicago is 5-6 and six against the spread this season and 4-7 and seven in over-unders. I think the Lions will upset the Bears to show everybody just how bad Matt Patricia really was, giving Detroit and the over. Finally, we have Saints at the Falcons. The Saints are a three-point favorite. The over-under is set at 46. The Saints are trying to make it three straight wins without Drew Brees. Just two weeks ago, they dismantled Atlanta 24-9 with Taysom Hill at the helm. New Orleans is 6-5 against the spread and 7-4 in over-unders. Atlanta, though, is on a roll. If they win out, they'll be 9-7 and and in the mix for a wild-card spot. The Falcons are 5-6 against the spread and an over-under and an over-under and will have to try a lot harder to contain the Saints' ground game than they did two weeks ago. I'm taking the Falcons and the under. Here's a few more picks for the week. Bengals, plus half over the Dolphins. Browns, plus 6 over the Titans. Colts, minus 3.5 over the Texans. Cardinals, plus 3 over the Rams. And Packers, minus 9 over the Eagles. As always, thanks for listening to Line Em Up on the Kirby on Sports Podcast. I'm Zach Ruff, and for more NFL betting tips and analysis, find me at profootballaction.com and at the Mama 24 on Twitter. Now, back to Josh.
0: All right, thank you, Zach. We're back. It's time to what to look out for week 13. Let's start with you, Carlos. What are you looking forward to most week 13 in the NFL? All right,
2: I got a couple things that I'm looking forward to. I definitely want to see the Titans-Browns game. I want to see where the Browns really stack up against the like top-tier teams in the AFC. Um, the Titans, what they did to, I mean, they just bullied Indianapolis last week. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Another thing I'm looking forward to is, <laughs> conveniently enough, how I mentioned uh, in the last segment the Raiders, um, how their trap game was against um, the Jets last year. They're playing the Jets, so we'll see how they bounce back. And then, um, last but not least, it'll be a uh, you know just seeing how Patrick Mahomes and uh, the band of uh, you know of his merry men play against uh, the Denver Broncos, and with the Broncos finally getting all their quarterbacks back.
0: Yeah, the really great look to what what to look out for. Thank you for that, Carlos. Um, I have one single what to look out for. Um, I, I know it's slim to none, but still, Pittsburgh is playing tomorrow as we are recording on Wednesday at three. Please don't then remind they me. They, me- <laughs> oh yeah, sorry Dan, sorry Dan. <laughs> at least, at least they didn't ruin your Thanksgiving. The Ravens did, but that anyways, is true. Yeah. Anyways,
2: that. Then- uh, but I was looking forward to that game. That was the <laughs> one game I was looking forward to. I was like, at least we're gonna get a really good like playoff type matchup. Oh, on Thanksgiving, and then it all went to shit.
0: <laughs> so, uh. so a- a- anyways, I-, I know it's still slim to none, but Pittsburgh with a very short week in Washington coming off a commanding win against Dallas on Thanksgiving <laughs> gives Washington plenty of rest time for this game on Monday. The odds are against Washington.
2: <laughs> but Sorry, still- having to laugh.
0: But still, with (laughs) Pittsburgh on a very short week, who knows what Washington can go out and do? I'm not going to say Washington will pound Pittsburgh. They will come out and destroy them because Pittsburgh's on a short week because the odds are stacked against Washington. Washington's terrible on Monday night. Uh, I mean, it's 5 o'clock, but still monday washington is atrocious on monday they're that's playing such a pittsburgh... weird
2: time to play a game on a monday
0: yeah yeah and um they're playing pittsburgh 10 and 0 for the time being so but but i'm still looking out for this game because there's a small chance washington can catch pittsburgh off guard i know you all might think i'm very crazy but still with pittsburgh short week who knows what Washington can do? And I mean, if it's they not lose, out of the question. Yeah, it, I mean, it's not out of the question. That's why I'm looking forward to seeing if this game will be a complete route of, of Washington or if Washington can make a run and actually try to win this game. So... That that's what I'm looking out uh, for too. I know Dan, you think I must be crazy, but uh, well, hear- I'm
1: thinking you should put your money where your mouth is and put some money down on the football team.
0: Yeah, no, a I, I'm a not- nine and a half.
1: <laughs> the Steelers are nine and a half point favorite. So if, if uh, Washington's able to pull that out, man, you're you're gonna be rich.
2: I like I, I I really like those odds. I, I, I actually might put some money down on it myself. Ooh. Me too. Me too. Why not?
0: Why, why not do it as a group podcaster? Dan, what uh, are you looking for to match week thirteen? Oh uh, he he,
2: he trying to slide past that. He doesn't want to put his. He does. He has no faith in his team.
1: I'm trying to. I'm I'm going to be on the lookout for um the Cardinals and Rams. Um, we'll see if the Rams can bounce back. And if Jared Goff um, cannot look like a high school quarterback, backup high school quarterback, um, and the Cardinals also looking to bounce back and Kyler didn't have his best game either. So I, I'm really watching the two quarterbacks in that game. Um, I personally, ah, man, it's hard for me to pick between these two teams just because um yeah, I, I think I'm going to take the Rams, um, even though the Cardinals Ooh. are at home. It's just so difficult, man. But I think it's going to come down to the end. There's going to be a game-winning kick, and this is such a, an, an important game for that division. Um, and I think really that's the game that stands out to me the most in week 13. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, I know you – I wish you the best of luck on your bet, for the football team. <laughs> My prayers are with you and thoughts and all of those good things.
0: Well, uh, I'm but not saying they're going to win. I'm just saying there's a chance Washington could potentially, uh, I, I'm giving it a, uh, ninety to ten percent chance. Oh, you know, like
2: Kirby, that, come on. Yeah, it's ninety five to five. Yeah, 95 to five <laughs> yeah, ni- 90,
0: 95 <laughs> to or something
2: like that. <laughs> Let's be completely honest. It's ninety five to five, man. Come on.
1: <laughs> and maybe while you're at it you could put some money on Denver too, uh Kirby and, and- <laughs> If both those teams could somehow... When did have-
0: we get into sports betting all of a sudden? Like,
2: <laughs> well, listen, it, it will eventually become legal in the state of Virginia, and we it's will be, be participating. I mean, <laughs> I know I will.
0: You won't be putting crazy. money down on Dallas because they'll lose every week.
2: Absolutely. I'm. I, listen, you don't. You, you you don't bet based on emotion. You 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 bet you bet based on intelligence. Yeah,
0: that's right. right. I don't know. Yeah. I like to save my money. So, uh, for the time being it, uh, I will not be betting on that game, but anyways, that wraps it up for another edition of the Kirby on sports podcast. Uh, carlos dan thank you again for coming on carlos i'm sure we'll be seeing more of you on the podcast in weeks to come and our guest contributor as always dan demsky for all the hard work he puts into the kirby on sports podcast any last words or remarks before uh we close things out gentlemen
2: Um, no thanks for having me on and uh dan it was nice to meet you this is the first time we've ever done a podcast together um and uh it was fun it was a lot of fun but uh i gotta go watch the bachelorette now so good
0: goodness oh good yeah apparently look out for carlos's new podcast about whoa, the whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we're
2: not ready to announce that <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh well, well that, that was under wraps uh yeah <laughs> pretend you didn't hear any of that it's no big deal Car- carlos it's just-, just scrub <laughs> it at the end it'll it'll be <laughs> fun All right. So the Kirby on sports podcast, as always, sponsored by uh, regroup building services and PM plus reserves. Big thanks as always to MPT now productions, Dave Johnson and productions by Quet. You can catch the Kirby on Sports Podcast on all streaming platforms, anchor.fm slash the Kirby on Sports Podcast. Make sure you check us out on all social media platforms as well. Until the next episode, always continue to create greatness and we will see you next time. Peace out.